Hey guys, this is Doug. Thanks for listening to What's the Hazard. I want to recognize our incredibly generous sponsors, Cheyenne Wolford of Custom Concrete Specialists, John Fallowich, Fallowich Construction Services, Jim Cover, Nebraska Department of Labor On-Site Consultation Group, Danny Arroyo, WorkSafe Consulting, and Building Omaha, a collaboration between the Nebraska Electrical Contractors Association and the IBEW. Thank you, one and all. You are true believers in workplace safety and health, and I appreciate you. All right, let's get into today's episode. It's good to have you. It's, uh, Thank you. I, I'm not talking to you guys yet. Oh. And there's the camera. Don't look at it. Okay. But there's where the camera okay. is. Okay. Uh, no, absolutely. It's great to see you guys. It is Friday, May 13th. Either of you superstitious? No. It's Friday the 13th. I didn't even think about it, it until you said that. It doesn't, it doesn't cross your mind? No. I always notice when it's Friday the 13th. I do have a few superstitions that I won't get into in great detail, but... I honestly, I'm so scatterbrained. <laughs> I don't even want to admit that I didn't really recognize what day of the week was. But you made it your own time, so, so uh-huh. I appreciate that. Yep. <laughs> it's good to have you. My guests today are both from CHI Health Systems. Um, Robin Burnett, your title I couldn't even begin to try to explain. Joanne Bartles, neither for you either. So what I'm going to ask you to do is both <laughs> give your titles and explain what that actually means. Would you Would you be willing to do that? Yeah, for me? I'll, I'll start it off yeah, because Robin, mine's a short version. Uh, Joanne has much more experience in <laughs> CHI, and I, I think it'd be great for her to share how she yeah. started and got into the position that she's in now. But I'm the Director of Employer Relations and Growth. So it's a brand new position. CHI has never had something like this. They've had different entities throughout the health system that went out and represented and, and sold different service lines, but they didn't really have somebody that could represent all of them and be a conduit to employer groups and broker groups back to the health system. So okay. talking about all the different things that we can offer, whether it is Oc Health or maybe it's our direct primary care program, or um, our EAP, or um, chronic disease management programs, all of those things that could really appeal to employer groups, but they really hadn't had anybody out there being the face of it. Okay, I like that. So that's a short version of, so of what I, d- I, I do. I didn't understand any of that exactly, <laughs> but so what? You're, so you are interacting with employer groups? That's correct. Employers so, and employer groups. So historically, CHI has done a really good job of appealing to patients and mm-hmm. families on an individual one-to-one basis. So you know, you're a consumer of healthcare mm-hmm. to some yep. capacity, right? Absolutely. So we've done a really good job of marketing to that subset of the population, just individuals. Okay. But we haven't done a really good job of getting in front of groups as a whole to say, this is how we can appeal to you and lower your health healthcare costs, lower your claims, keep your people healthy and productive and working um, and happy. Those are all things that we hadn't historically done a really good job of doing. Um, so we want to be, be able to go out there and represent what we can offer employer groups as a whole. I see. Fantastic. Yeah. And you're enjoying it? I love it. Good, I good. love it. This is the first time I'm out of mental health, yeah, which that's is right. weird. I mean, so the last time we spoke, we spoke specifically about mental health yeah. and the uh, employee assistance programs. Yeah, and, yeah. So I had been yeah. in the mental health world since 2008, um, working in private practice. I worked in, um, actually, where interestingly enough, where I got my start was um, in a partial care unit for a manual CHI. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, loved it. I wanted to get offered a job there, but at the time they didn't have an opening. So mm-hmm. I went elsewhere and I went in community behavioral health for about eight years and did management there, mm-hmm. managed a team of social workers who would go in and out of homes of people that had mental health issues, trying to keep them out of the hospital. Um, so I, I did a lot there in that capacity. Um, then went to another healthcare system and oversaw the EAP program there, did that for four years. And so this is the first time I, I feel very humbled because uh, I, for a long time, I felt like I knew what I was talking about and felt somewhat of the expert in my field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I'm back to square one. Starting over a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but it's, it's fun. It's a challenge. Good. And something you mentioned, one of the things that you offer employers, occupational health services. Yep, yep. Joanne, your title, I, that's how we met. And we have, yes. we have, I was going to say, you guys have a we history, We have lived in the right? same world now we for have. probably 20 years or so, I think. When I mentioned your name, she said, I know Doug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, she said, it's been so long. I said, well, let me connect you yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. So 
your title and specifically then what what you do. So my for title CHI. has evolved over time, but the final title at the moment is market development representative for okay. CHI Health. Um, I've been in the health system for eighteen years. Started in Lincoln at St. E's at oh, the yeah. hospital in HR and educational services and. Um, that was a newly created position that I took and to get my foot in the health system as I have a business degree, I'm not clinical. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, you, I think a lot of people think I don't have a career in healthcare if I don't have yeah. a clinical a type, That's a great that point. type of, but I have a business degree in marketing mm-hmm. and management and I have been, you know, working in occupational health. Two years after I started at the hospital, I took a position at company care. Mm-hmm. Well, this is interesting. Before that, specifically her role, and I think for people listening that <laughs> may not be familiar with, there was actually a person that had to schedule all of the different conference rooms, meetings, yeah. all the, mm-hmm. you know, now it's all done mm-hmm. through different calendar all. invites or yeah. whatever, but she was the actual physical entity that had to schedule all of that. So she had, I, would have, I just pictured this massive book. <laughs> that mm-hmm. It was manual like and I had to put it like, on yeah. Yeah. Yes. Get a quill and everything. Yeah. No, I'm not suggesting that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's no, but thanks. We've established that Remember I'm much older, older than you. That's yeah. right. No, but it, it, yeah, that was a position where they kind of just threw things mm-hmm. in my lap and said, make it work. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was fun. But then I got the opportunity to come out to company care and I actually was an account executive through our physician network in Lincoln specifically. Um, and now that kind of evolved into now we are all part of uh, CHI Health Clinics. Um, and so we have our OC Health program not only grew from just Lincoln, but now we are in Omaha, in the Millard area, and then in Council Bluffs. Mm-hmm. And soon to be clinics out west, uh, hopefully this year, Kearney. And next year, Grand Island. Oh, fantastic. And they'll all be called CHI Health Company Care Clinics that we are going to make sure are collaborative across the state that, you know, provide consistent mm-hmm. care and protocols and things of that nature so that when companies use our services, you know, the communication just flows. Mm-hmm. So, Consistently and uniformly. Yeah. yeah. What for, for people that don't really understand what occupational medicine clinics do what kind of services do you guys offer for so we offer anything work-related medical and when i say that almost everything Mm -hmm. um i tell companies reach out to me if i don't you know if our clinics don't do it i can usually help you find Mm -hmm. somebody that does but we do anything from uh work injury care Mm -hmm. that's our primary um you know, people yeah. can walk in and be seen for those. Um, drug screening, physicals, OSHA-related, Department of Transportation-related. We do immunizations. We do wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we do a lot of OSHA specialty physicals like hexavalent chromium, cadmium, mm-hmm. um, some yep. of those companies that have... I was just doing some silica monitoring at a client last week, and uh, they had a few people over the action level. I said, you you need to get them in. Well, and that's okay. (laughs) I mean, and we need to get them in and get them into the medical surveillance program per the requirements. And we do audiograms, speaking of that, for hearing conservation programs. And uh, Yeah, and we have a lot of partners that if it's something we don't specifically come on site and do, we have a partner that works with us to be able to provide the services that companies need. Mm -hmm. So respirator clearance, those kinds of things. Right. Absolutely. Fit testing. Yep. So we can talk more about that because I think that stuff is really interesting. One one thing I'm interested in, and and for the purposes of total transparency, my wife is an employee of CHI. Um, She works at one of the hospitals in Omaha, um, in the NICU, and she absolutely loves it. And we talked about this just a little bit before we started recording. She was a teacher and became a little bit disenchanted with education, and, you know, that system's challenging, of course, more so of late, I think, and COVID was difficult, Mm -hmm. particularly in education. So she transferred over. She's back into healthcare. She's like a 
uh, nurse tech, uh, CNA, and loves it. And I will say, to your credit, to the credit of CHI, in large part, she loves it because she's a hardworking person, um, and they recognize that, and they affirm that. You know, they do little things. I mean, she came home, gosh, it's been two or three weeks ago, with a handwritten note from, I don't know, some boss. It was like three or four levels above her, She, you know, who just happened to interact with her one day and see that she was working, wrote a note for her. And she was just ecstatic about this. And I was like, we talk about leadership all the time, yeah. but something that might seem that minimal just you know, made her day. I, I've been so impressed. I was saying before we started recording, um, coming from another healthcare system, just how wonderful it has been to work for CHI. And um, one of my first leadership meetings, we have a Monday leadership huddle. And one of the first ones um, I noticed, and we do this almost every week, we go around and give kudos to people within the team, but anybody that's not in that huddle, so maybe some subordinates or people that are outside of um, I actually work for CHI Health Partners, so maybe it's somebody outside of CHI Health Partners or outside of the room in general. Um, if there's kudos given, we get the thank you cards out and we start passing them around. Um, and we uh, there's always um, they always do things for employee appreciation. There mm-hmm. there's always food out. I mean, there's just they're they're always doing things to really try to. Um, up that morale, make sure that mm-hmm. we're happy um, because we do have, especially right now in the employer employees market, um, we do have a choice of where we work and they, they recognize that. Mm-hmm. So I've been very impressed. Interesting. And yeah. I'm, I'm happy to hear that about I your wife too. as well. Mm-hmm. I was too. And I think, I think our friends in, in industry and in construction, you know, can take a cue from the healthcare world and realize that those, those things don't cost much they don't take a lot of time or resources, mm-hmm. but the impact they have on the employees is remarkable. And, you know, she's sold. I think she's, you know, she's in for, I mean, she'll probably work for a few more years, you know, yeah. but uh, she's definitely in. And so thank you for that. And just, I was just wondering if that was intentional. And it sounds like there is oh, yeah. some intention intentional. behind that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I saw that from day one. Um, we, we do a great job of that. I, this is the first job I've had that I, um, I don't have a team underneath me. So Mm -hmm. it feels, I feel almost a little naked because I'm Mm -hmm. used to providing, um, that, that level of service, you know, from a leadership standpoint. So, um, that's new to me, but I, I see it in other areas where members of leadership that have teams Mm -hmm. underneath them, they do a really good job of ensuring that they know that they're valued but, you know, interestingly yeah. enough, because your wife, you said your wife is in labor and delivery. Mm-hmm. Labor and delivery, so NICU. That I had all three of my kids, I don't know if I told you this, at Bergen. And mm-hmm. I worked at a different healthcare system. And then my husband works for a third oh. different healthcare <laughs> system. And they would always laugh every time we came in. We went to the, we went to Bergen each time. Right. They said, well, what do you do? And I said, well, it's kind of funny. I work for this one. He works for this one. They mm-hmm. say, you come here? I said, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. the experience there. And I think. Your wife probably feels that where she's at, too. Mm -hmm. I think that speaks volumes of the health system. Yeah. It absolutely does. And so I don't mean to get off track here, but how, how, how are the staff doing? How are your people doing? Are they recovering? I mean, this... You know, we're going to we're going to talk in terms of pre and post covid for the rest of our lives, or at least those of us that experienced it. How is everyone doing post covid? I'm sure that there's. We have to yes, make I, some ground back know, up. I do not work on the front lines, nor do I work with a lot of the front line people, but I know that the health system has taken steps to recognize that everybody's been through a lot. Mm-hmm. I know the EAP, they offered five extra visits um, nice. to be able to go and, and speak with somebody to help them get through all the turmoil of mm-hmm. of all the COVID yeah. and, and working long hours with less staff and... Um, you know, none of that goes unnoticed yeah. or unrecognized. And, you know, um, like Robin said, when every meeting we start, we start with recognition of the people that work for us. Like, oh. what are some good things that have happened? And I think going forward, you know, um, we just probably have better processes in place. We've always planned for pandemics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I think 
No one could have planned for one that went on two years. I know. Yeah. So to the magnitude and to the magnitude. So um, I think we've all grown from the experience and, um, you know, I I think it's good. And people are stretched thin. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. And that's, that spans different um, occupations Mm -hmm. and that spans, um, you know, if we're just talking about healthcare, no healthcare systems immune for what people are experiencing Mm -hmm. right now. And, and there are a lot of complexities right now. So we are, we can say we're getting further past um, the pandemic and you hate to say post pandemic, Mm -hmm. like we mentioned earlier, but Mm -hmm. we're getting further past that. Um, But, you know, we do have to face the financial restrictions that are are just there. You know, mm-hmm. we were getting healthcare entities were getting uh, pandemic funding. Right. Um, that stopped. So we are in a financial crisis as far as healthcare is concerned. Yeah. And so one of the things that we're experiencing, and I know other healthcare systems are as well, we're, we're really needing to look at finances. And one of the big finances spent over the last couple of years was getting. Um, you know, traveling nurse and docs in, that's a huge expense. And so we're, we're needing to cut that out. Mm -hmm. Um, and that does take a toll on the staff and and we recognize that. So we're really upping the recruiting efforts right Mm -hmm. now to get, you know, real full-time staff in there to replace all of those travelers. Yeah. Are they coming out? Are there nursing students available are they coming out of school i mean are is there a good flow of well i knew i know physicians that, and nurses yeah i know that um in the midst of pandemic there were several different um nursing um schools here in town that um had seen record numbers increase um mm-hmm. for enrollment so i think in the next year we're going to see uh record numbers of those graduating. Yeah. They equated it to, you know, after 9-11, a lot of people enlisted Absolutely. in the military. Mm-hmm. Well, we saw in the pandemic, a lot of people felt that call to say, I, w- I want to be a part of this. Yeah. I want to help. So they saw those record numbers of people enrolling. Um, but I think that since that's still, um, that was, you know, a year ago or so. So if they were in an accelerated program, we're going to start to see those graduates come out. Men out. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That, I, I hear that occasionally from my wife that that um, uh, there are openings or there are some opportunities for increased staffing perhaps that yep. would be helpful. You yeah, know? and Bergen is an academic site. Is it? Yes. So they're teaching and training there? Yes, we partner with Creighton University. Mm-hmm. Of so, course. Yes. Oh, nice. Well, so let's get back to Oc Health a little bit. Okay. Um, is is occupational health like a, a specialty or do you have OC health physicians and, and nursing staff or those? You know, that's a question I get a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, do you see us as a specialty? Even when I talk with our own physicians within CHI, um, a lot of people don't see occupational health as a specialty. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were to ask an employer, they definitely see it as a specialty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and so... Knowing the importance of getting employees in the right place, you know, for the work injury care, for, you know, how it's managed. Our physicians that work in occupational medicine every single day, um, you know, they understand OSHA regulations. They understand Department of Transportation regulations. And that's very key in treating work injuries and knowing how to write restrictions, uh, knowing what it means to just take somebody off of work just because, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and the one thing I always emphasize is patient care is our number one priority. And then after we're done with that patient, you know, it's communicating with the employer or a case manager or a work comp insurance company. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so many entities that get involved when it's work related versus personal. So, um, you know, I do see us as a specialty. You know, if we prescribe a medication versus over-the-counter, how that affects the mm, employer. Absolutely. And that OSHA 300 log. And, you know, unfortunately, that's the way the system is set up. And if the patient can tolerate over-the-counter, we certainly try and, and do that first. But if we have to, for the care of the patient, prescribe something, then that's how it has to go. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to compromise the care of a patient knowing those things, but we're very conscious about them as we're 
treating and writing right. those restrictions. Or And, you know, our docs always think modified duty. You know, that's just automatically what they think. Rather than send someone home. Rather than send them home. Yeah, because yeah. we, if the employer can accommodate the restrictions that we write, um, you know, let them be the ones to send them home because they can't accommodate, not us. Right. I love that. It's yeah. interesting that you said that. So um, when I was with OSHA back probably 20 years ago or so, when they rewrote the record-keeping regulation, um, the folks from the national office came to us and said, this is going to require significantly greater uh, communication between the employer and the provider because things that the provider does can impact those record-keeping requirements. And they may not know that. So if you send an or an employee goes to their personal physician, and I think that's an option here in Nebraska, if I'm not mistaken. It is. It's a choice of doctor's state. Yeah, so they go to their personal physician who has no idea what those DOT or OSHA regulations are or how their treatment choices can impact those things, the employer. Um, Or the emergency room, for example. You go to the emergency room instead of an Oc Health clinic for some of these things. The impact is significant, and we were trying to encourage employers to open up those lines of communication with occupational health clinics specifically just so they didn't have to record things unnecessarily or as you said, send people home unnecessarily. So there's Um, a couple of things we do to help with that. Number one is uh, we have our docs. Anytime an initial injury comes into the clinic, our physician will reach out to that employer contact to discuss what happened, here's what we're seeing, here's the restrictions if there are any. Um, And I'm trying to think of the second thing. I just lost my Mm -hmm. train of thought. Um. But we were talking about connecting the employer mm-hmm. um, with those providers just to yeah. make sure that those, you know, just like you said, like the over-the-counter things yes. rather than prescription medications can change the out- outcome. And I know yeah. OSHA was never interested in telling the providers how to treat. Correct. You know, we, we had no interest in that. But if the two options were available, one has a significantly uh, less less significant impact on the employer. Yeah. You know, I mean, and yeah. so we wanted those to encourage those things. And that'll is, come back to me. I yeah. can't think no, of another okay. thing. Oh, no, you're fine. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> uh, you know, this is all brand new to me. You know, mm-hmm. I knew Oc Health just scratching the surface, but, you know, since getting in contact with Joanne and we have more of a regular cadence of meetings now, and that was something that I never recognized was that, all of the nuances that make Oc Health special and different mm-hmm. and how that appeals to employers. So we were talking about just internally the education with our providers outside of Oc Health to really have them direct mm-hmm. people to our, our Oc This is just communication that is exactly internally. exactly what my second point <laughs> was. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you're welcome. You. You but yeah, just me. That internal communication, you know, <laughs> n- never mind externally, because we yeah. can't, we're never going to get everybody to understand this fully. Right. But if we can at least work internally um, with our own employed providers. And I, and I do take time to do that. That was yeah. the second piece yeah. to that yeah. is that I work with our own primary care physicians, um, any physicians I can get in front of to talk about occupational health mm-hmm. and, and let them know that, hey, it's a choice of doctor state, you know, that you, they may be your patient and want to come to you for the work injury piece. And if you decide to keep it, great. But here's the expectation when that happens. If right. you decide that, hey, I don't want to get get in the middle of work-related versus personal, and I have the rest of their family doctoring with me, right? you know, because sometimes the occupational health physician doesn't always tell the patient what they want to hear as far as we exactly. think you that can, can be a tough. Yeah. We think you can go back to work right. and yeah. do light duty. Right, um, of course. So that always can put that primary care in a really bad position. I agree. But in, so, initially, so yeah. though, with that primary care, oftentimes they're saying, well, I'm I'm that person's doc. I know him best, and I, I really don't want him t- to tell them to go elsewhere because that could hurt the relationship. But what could hurt the relationship more 
is if you have to have these tough conversations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe either that provider avoids it altogether or they have it and, and at risk of losing them. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that and it was funny because yesterday I met with a doc um, after our meeting and he said, Joanne's already talked to me because I, I, <laughs> I was going to talk to him a little bit. I was going to I was going to touch on this a little bit. And he's like, I already know, we, you know, we I it is something that we need to keep talking about. But so. this is a big deal. And I, I've seen over the last 35 years a number of instances where that primary care physician who does not have the occupational health background or experience necessarily makes questionable decisions. You know, and I don't, I'm, not, I'm not licensed to practice medicine in Nebraska, but um, I think... In Nebraska. Well, you know, yeah. outside the country, that may be different. <laughs> I put some stitches in people, but, you know, I don't think you have to have a degree to do that, do you? Uh, no, not at all. Okay, I've done that a few times, <laughs> just on the fly. But, you know, I do think that, as you said, that sometimes, impl- and I don't mean to cast aspersions, but employees seek out a favorable diagnosis from their primary care physician rather than go to an occupational health specialist. And employers have been guilty of it too. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I know. You know it's, if they, have, if they know um, that they can go to this primary care doc and this primary care doc will get them what they want. Mm-hmm. I and, know, that's and difficult. That, that is a fine line. You know, we have dealt, you know, in the 18 or 16 years, I guess, that I've done occupational medicine along with um, some leadership that our, our physician, our medical director, Dr. Duran, Lisa Haas, um, even Chris, our drug testing coordinator in Lincoln, we've all worked together in that 16 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have that amount of leadership and experience helping guide some of the situations that mm-hmm. do walk into our clinics, whether it be in Lincoln, Omaha, Council Bluffs, um, and believe me, Every time we think we've seen it all, we are, sure. we come across new challenges when it Absolutely. comes to helping employers navigate a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do have people that are out there trying to play the game. And, you know, occupational medicine really has to play the middleman role mm-hmm. and, and do it well um, so that everybody, you know, has mm-hmm. the outcome that they're hoping for. Right. Right. And and I think that's where a primary care may not know how to navigate, be in the middle of the road. I know. That's and difficult. so that's why I do work with our physicians to say, you know, if you would like to, you know, refer that on to us, we are more than happy to keep anything work-related mm-hmm. medical, you know, the work injuries. Um, you know, I think employers are happier when, when that happens. Uh, I think the patient care gets managed so that we're not, you know, that's their bread and butter. Right. People think they get, they'll get rich sitting at home collecting workers' compensation, and it really isn't what everybody thinks it is. No, I know. I agree. And I think you have regrets in the end. Mm-hmm. So us trying to help keep people working, if at all possible, is really our goal. No doubt. Yeah. So and let me ask you something else. So I've been to a few locations. Some of my clients are using kind of a telehealth uh, system now for these mm-hmm. occupational health, maybe uh, less severe issues that might occur in the work environment. They can do these. Yeah. I don't have to actually go into the clinic necessarily. Do you guys do that? Do we do tele? Are we doing that or dabbling we, in that at we all? We do or? it for non-work related. I was going to say oh, we do. That, okay. That's part of the portfolio virtual care that I can is something we've offer. always had. Okay. Yeah, virtual um, available. care. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as telemedicine for occupational health, um, we have done some of it mm-hmm. in situations. The problem with telemedicine is that you have to have equipment at the other end. Right. Um, right. You have to have a healthcare uh, staff of some sort at the other end mm-hmm. that the doctor can guide. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've done some internally for our own CHI health employees with like Carney or, okay. um, you know, but as far as opening it up to the occupational health world, at this time, it is something we're always looking into. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's parts and pieces that have to be in place, especially when right. you're talking work injury care. Right. Now, from a, a mental health perspective, I don't, you know, that's a separate division mm-hmm. from what uh, we do. But uh, as far as our program and treating work injuries, um, 
it's more difficult. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. I, I, I'm interested in the evolution of this practice at some point. You know, I mean, we've come it's a obvious. long way I'm about already, done, right? I mean, I've got a couple <laughs> of years of this left, and then yeah. I'm I'm done. I'm passing it on to the next generation. And one of the things that I find fascinating is the utilization of technologies and stuff to do what you know. I'm the canary in the coal mine, you know, vintage, you know, and so. These new young safety and health professionals, occupational health providers, have new technologies, new approaches. I'm fascinated by that. I'm afraid of it. Well, and the pandemic kind of forced us into that, you know, for a good reason. You know, I I can speak on the mental health piece of it. Um, In the midst of the pandemic, I think a lot of different mental health entities weren't quite there yet, mm-hmm. but they had to go full steam ahead. Otherwise they would have to shut their doors and learn on the fly. I mean, they yes, just had to absolutely. It out. I think it forced a lot of people yeah, to yeah. learn how to yeah. do things virtually. Yeah. No, and a lot of, um, you know, patients or, or clients, and I can only really speak in Nebraska specifically, were a little gun shy about that at first, but then once they put their feet in the water and experienced it and um, had some some good outcomes with doing virtual health to some capacity, whether it was mental health or even just primary care, mm-hmm. um, you know, and like Joanne mentioned, that's nothing new for us. We have been doing uh, virtual care long before the pandemic even, but um, it is something that has it. It's has its place in the world in healthcare mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, our our virtual care offerings are are very, um, you know, it, they're very highly utilized, and we can offer that to employer groups. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to a primary care op- option, whether they want to just pay for something um, on a monthly basis for their employees to have an extra. Um, primary care option through right. us. So those are options we do have available. I, I know a lot of my clients are very remote. Uh, they're located way out of town. We're good? <laughs> way out of town. This is how Cam communicates with me. So <laughs> It's like, oh, you know, oblivious as always. I'm a trained observer, by the way. I don't notice anything, you know. I hate to reveal that at this point, but. Yeah, we only got a couple years left. I've only got a couple years left, Yeah, you're good. That's right. So I I think there are, there is some utility in that to be able to at least speak with someone. Yeah, those populations that have been pretty desolate for a long time Mm, that haven't had the resources at hand. But like Joanne mentioned, they have to have the ability to, have that technology on their end too, which yeah, sometimes people don't think about of, right. yeah, we need to do this and this and this when it comes to technology. Well, that's fine and great. But if you're talking about different populations, whether it's rural, whether it's very, very blue collar, may not mm-hmm. be very familiar with technology, mm-hmm. there's a lot of education and support that come into right. that. I can see that definitely. So from an occupational health standpoint, one of the biggest issues that I see as the guy out in the facility is um, getting guys to shave to get fit tested. Yes. So, and I don't mean to just hone in on one no, specific. No, like, that got really specific. So it got very specific, <laughs> but I was just thinking about That's a real things problem. that I see. And one of the things that, that I see as an industrial hygienist, you know, I'll go out and do monitoring and we will determine from those results what steps the employer needs to take. And occasionally that will lead to respiratory protection until we can get a handle on those emissions or those air contaminants, whatever. And so I look at this group of guys. Most of them look like Cam, you know, these bearded, big, yes. <laughs> you know, gruff dudes. And I'm like, well, all of you have to shave. And they, you know, I think, you know, they would rather breathe the they air would. contaminants than <laughs> shave half the time. Well, and, you know, when silica physicals came out, what, about five years yeah, ago? Yeah, about five I think years is ago. When OSHA mm-hmm. started regulating the silica dust. Yeah. Um, that was a huge problem because you have construction workers that are out in the sun. A lot of them have oh, beards. Yeah. Now they got to shave them, plus they got a mask. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I that would be tough. Yeah. They. I mean, they all I, almost mutiny in most tough of the time. To mask in air conditioning. Absolutely. Oh, oh, it's horrible. Respirators are horrible. I used they to be are. on OSHA's <laughs> Haswopper team, their emergency yeah. response team, and we'd have to put them on and wear full face respirators yeah. in the heat, and it was just awful. Yeah. So that is a true problem. It is, is difficult. Getting people to shave and understand you need a good seal. Mm-hmm. I mean that that is the hard part. It is. And so 
And they got to do it every day. I know. I they mean, have to stay. It's not just it once for the fit tested. test and yeah. then let your beard grow back <laughs> yeah. in an hour or some guys. Exactly. You know? So that's interesting, though. This is one of my concerns about the pandemic yeah. <laughs> was the effect that it had on on the perceptions of respiratory protection. Right. There were so many arguments and you saw all this communication and all these social media commentary about the effectiveness of, you know, wearing a sock over your face or wearing a surgical mask or wearing an N95 or all of these. I'd see people in full face respirators at the grocery store and, <laughs> you know, which was always eerie. I thought I was going to wear my papper in sometime just to go oh get some gosh. milk or something to see that what people... would have been hilarious. But it has really set us back, don't you? Would you agree? Oh, yeah. I mean, people who were starting to understand what we meant by respiratory yes. protection, all of this stuff... There was too many just, arguments for it, it, against it, around it. I mean, and yeah. just the—I mean, the guys pulling up these, uh, the the what are that the neck, gator, they pull things. that gator yeah. thing up, yeah. and I mean, they can see through it. Yeah. I don't want to—I don't really have the heart to say, man, I'm not sure that's helping. Yeah, immensely. Yeah, this is know? a whole nother layer I didn't even think of for people. I had thought about it for the healthcare industry for those folks that um, have had to wear masks. Their Always. entire career, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I didn't even think about some of these lines of work that, and the complexities that you would have to face <laughs> educating. Oh. When oh. the when that all hit, we were getting calls right and left, especially dental offices mm-hmm. having to put on the N95s, mm-hmm. and then there weren't any N95s to oh, to yeah. be tested with, and right. so then it was, can we just get a mask? You know, and. Um, so there were a lot of challenges a with that challenges. piece when this all hit. I think it's really set us back. I, I do, too. I think people are more confused than ever about some of these things. I think there's know? a lot of confusion about a lot of things. And, you know, I think the people, for the most part, employers followed the CDC guidelines, mm-hmm. as did we. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know... Uh, Watching the news, I think, is where you get confused sometimes. A good point. I totally you know, agree. I think um, I personally, uh, I shut the news off in March of 2020. <laughs> good for I you. couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, and just the, you know, reporting so many different things. Mm-hmm. You didn't know what was real, what wasn't. And it was putting fear in everybody. Mm-hmm. And so I just felt for my mental health. I mm-hmm. had to shut that off mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just listen to the local news and follow the guidelines CHI provided us. So interesting. That is really where I went with that. And we had a lot of employers reach out to us that typically didn't even use our clinics, but we were seen as the person to reach out to for that mm-hmm. information. Good. And I think that's what is really neat about ROC Health is that it's connected to our healthcare system. Mm-hmm. And we are the experts when it comes to healthcare in general. So mm-hmm. what better place to turn for ROC right. Health? But it, this is one of the questions I had asked Joanne a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about prepping for the podcast of what have prepping? you seen? Prepping for well, loosely, I use that. Okay, I'll right. put air quotes it took around us it. Five minutes. Okay, well, good. Yeah. 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 I had a few. I had a few bullet points of what I wanted to touch on, but yeah. one of which was, what did we see during the pandemic? Because I didn't come to this healthcare system. Yeah. I was in a different healthcare system. But what did you experience in Oc Health during the pandemic that you hadn't seen before? And and some of this kind of stuff was brought up. But mm-hmm. she had also mentioned different drug screenings that employers well, were now with all the really? staffing shortages. Um, I've seen a trend of companies removing THC from the drug testing because mm. they can't get anybody to pass a drug screen. I'd heard that. And, you know, we're, we're getting surrounded by marijuana. So, you know, we're the state that it's not legal. Mm -hmm. Um, But yet people, that's the Mm -hmm. one thing that they're coming back positive for. And Mm -hmm. companies are like, well, so if that's going to be the disqualifier, maybe we need to change our view on that, perhaps, at least from an employment standpoint. Exactly. Exactly. I've heard that that many times. That is a trend right now Mm -hmm. um, is taking that THC. And I'm not seeing it happen with the majority of companies, just a few, but mm-hmm. there are people that are struggling to get a body to be there to do the work. Without question. Yeah, the so. entry level entry level labor positions that all of my clients are trying to fill, yeah. they are all looking for labor. Uh, the, the, the 
people aren't aren't working right now, it's probably by choice, perhaps, or maybe some other reason that they're unable to work. But I don't mean to be judgmental, but it's probably not the cream of the yeah. crop necessarily. Right. It's a horrible thing to say, but um, and so it can be very difficult to find people that can pass a drug screen or some of the other. Um, you know, the ability, the testing that we have to do yeah. to see if someone's capable of doing certain jobs. You know, they really only have changed that on the pre-employment side, but not the post-accident. So post-accident, mm-hmm. they're still going to test for the THC. Mm-hmm. It's just not on the pre-employment. Interesting. That's an interesting comment, too, because, you know, OSHA had taken a position a few years ago about drug screening. Right. And how drug screening... Uh, could be discriminatory. OSHA right. doesn't like anything that can be perceived as discriminatory, whether it's real. this is a realistic fear or not. I have my doubts. But they were concerned that just across the board drug screening, either pre-employment or post-incident, if there was no cause, if there was no discernible cause for that drug screen, yeah. could be discriminatory and, and might quash people reporting incidents. Mm-hmm. They might know that they'd have to go get drug tested, so I'm not going to tell anybody that I just you know, cut these fingers off or whatever. Well, and speaking of that, you know, we used to, when I would set up companies to do work injury care with us, I always told them consistency is what just keeps you from mm-hmm. getting discriminated. Yes, you know, exactly. Don't do this arbitrarily or yeah. with some but then bias. OSHA, when they changed that, <laughs> that <OSHA's laughs> now employers were confused. They were freaked out. now I'm not supposed to drug test unless I have a reason to mm-hmm. drug test. I know. So now employers are having to decide is this a reason to drug test? I know. And so that's, pretty much all of them are optional now where they have to tell us when they need the testing. I don't love that. And and that is a big change that shifted that. I mm-hmm. think that was like five years ago. That was ago, probably maybe? about in that same time. Yeah. yeah. It seems to be left to so much interpretation that I, I, I don't like that. And, and the employers are not Neither the experts the in that. You know, They don't not. want to be making that decision. Not. Yeah. You know, I mean, because yeah. now it always seems discriminatory because... Correct. This That's guy, what immediately went to my mind. Yeah, why would you test Doug? Well, See, you know. to me, yeah. it took the consistency piece out of it and made it where now they can get in trouble. Yeah. I totally agree. It's, yeah, I didn't love that either. Yeah. It's so that's been a struggle for employers as yeah, well. Yeah, I know. that That is difficult. And there, there's so much for, for the employers to be aware of mm-hmm. um, when it comes to even just the occupational health piece, the work comp piece, mm-hmm. all of those things. Very, it's, it's, it's hard to navigate. And so it's really nice to be able to contact someone who has expertise in this to help them navigate some of these questions. So right. you spend a lot of time doing education. You know, and, uh, I, I do. I am kind of the point of contact for all things Zoc Health with our CHI Good. Health program. And, you know, I even work with companies. I tell them whether you use our clinics or not, it, take the time to set up protocols. Because I said there are so many different ways patients come in our front door. Mm-hmm. And it's better that we have a protocol in place than nothing at all. And, and then I don't have to reach out to you at the last minute trying to pull something together so the patient has a good experience in the clinic. Mm-hmm. So I have worked with hundreds, hun- hundreds and hundreds of companies, maybe thousands these days, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to help them get those protocols in place. And, you know, really, uh, and they reach out to me to talk about fit for duty, return to work situations, mm-hmm. you know, um, and what should we be doing with that and right. things like that. So, yeah, I, I do a lot of education with the people that use our clinics. You- Joanne is a wealth of knowledge. I mean, <laughs> really, I mean, not just Oc Health, but just, I mean, being in CHI for a long time, she has become my go-to for a lot of things. Good. But, uh, you know, Oc Health specifically, and as you can see, she's very passionate mm-hmm. about it. I, I mean, am. I love that, I, yeah. I can appreciate I have that. to credit, though, the team of people I've worked with all these years, Dr. Mm-hmm. Durand and Lee. Mm-hmm. And, and Chris and all the people internally, even up in Omaha, that have taught me a lot of things. Absolutely. Um, you know, without that, I probably wouldn't know of as course. much as I know. And yeah, I've been very fortunate to be a part of a team that's taken the time to explain the why of everything. Mm-hmm. It sounds like CHI is a pretty good team all around. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Absolutely. Yep. A kind of a community resource for yes. any number of different 
health-related things. And, you know, we're hoping to put on an employer forum here in the next few months, hopefully up here in Omaha, that we can bring in other resources that are important to employers, like our EAP program, Mm -hmm. our MD-SAVE program. We want to bring people in from our priority care clinics to explain what is priority care. You know, it's basically urgent care at a family copay price. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a, and they have walk-in hours from eight to eight, seven days a week. Our and pri- a lot of people aren't aware of Our that. priority mm-hmm. care has mm-hmm. just gone gangbusters over the mm-hmm. last couple of years. We've seen such a substantial decrease in our, our ED visits. And we credit priority care mm-hmm. to that. Um, nice. It's been and, a And a lot of people use fantastic. urgent cares and don't... Um, don't want to connect with a primary care well you get the opportunity to do that when you come to a priority care because it's not good to have your medical records all over the place especially if they're helping you manage a chronic condition absolutely and then we also have our physical therapy areas that work with us in oc health to provide like functional type screening and back screening for all the companies that utilize Mm -hmm. our clinics and then they can also see work-related patients or personally as well. So mm-hmm. um, just lots of good entities that help us deliver really good health care to companies and their employees. Nice. I'm going to, I'm going to one more um, accolade, you know, and I'm, I'm not, you're not paying me to say these things, obviously, are you? <laughs> I we can talk no. about that. But <laughs> so when my wife went to work for CHI, uh, she works at Lakeside, we, and she carries our insurance, bless you, you know. Um, as a self-employed guy, insurance is very expensive. I've it still is. got two sons on the payroll, you know. I mean, you would have think at 24 <laughs> and 22, they'd be off the payroll, but no. Oh, they're going to hold you till that they're, Yeah, they're going to be there till the bitter end. But <laughs> we had to transfer pharmacies. So when she left the school district, which was a different system to CHI, um, I got a notification, your prescriptions – um, have to be switched over to a CHI pharmacy. I was so mad. And then I called the Lakeside Pharmacy yeah. and spoke with some wonderful person who, oh, I can do all that for you. I was like, you can? Just give me, you know, who, who's your doctor and where, where do you go now or what do you use now? And I told her and literally in 10 minutes, she had transferred everything over. My prescription was ready to pick up. It was just amazing. And the cost. And the cost was great. I got, you know, 90 days instead of three days, which I think the old system was like, had to refill it every three hours or something, you know? I mean, it was just, yeah. So I was actually mad until I spoke with her and she was fantastic. I wish I remembered her name, but they were terrific. So I, we, it's we just have, amazing. Good we have you. great benefits too, and you know our benefits are something that I I speak to when I talk to employer broker groups because this is something we can offer other employers. But it's so good that, um, in fact, I made the switch. I switched everything over, and this mm-hmm. is the first time I've done that mm-hmm. um, because I have worked for other systems, and right. this is the first time I, I switched everyone over because it is that good, and that is something we can offer employer yeah. groups. That's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. It's Seem, it great. seems like a fantastic place to work. Um, the services that you provide are fantastic. The Oc Health stuff, I every employer that I work with needs an Oc Health clinic. Whether you are required to do respiratory protection or medical surveillance or anything, you just need an occupational health you provider. You need somebody in your back pocket. As a resource. Yeah, yes, you need well, that. Right? And you know how you're a consultant to so many companies? Mm-hmm. I'm kind of that Oc Health person that exactly. I'm the one person any company can reach out to and we can go from there. You don't have to have a contract, you know, you don't have no. to have those things mm-hmm. in place. You do not need to have you know, a contract. It could be a, an immediate need right then and there and um, Joanne and our, our Oc Health team can be the go-to. It's fantastic. And I'm glad you brought up the contract piece. A lot of people think they have to set up a contract with us. Mm-hmm. You do not. Mm-hmm. We, we work with protocols, not contracts. Mm-hmm. So, and protocols that are specific to you, you, the employer, and how you want the communication to flow. Mm -hmm. So, that's really what the protocols are all about. And we've we've had um, some uh, a lot of recent companies come on board with us because of being dissatisfied with where they were at um, previously. 
whether it's the timeline of services or the quality of services. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's been nice to see too as testimonials to our the work that we do. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, one last question. Educational pieces, do you do occupational health education out in the community or can you, if you were asked, can you do those things? Or? We can. It depends on what the ask is. Mm-hmm. Um, usually people will call me up and ask me what they would like to have us come and talk about. Mm-hmm. If it's not something that I specifically do, I can usually reach out to physical therapy or I can reach out to whomever mm-hmm. to help come and talk about that. I know a big ask in the past has been, can you come out and, and do show the the importance of stretching at work every day? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the physical therapist would bring out stretching posters. Sure. Share them with employers and talk yeah. and, and have everybody get up and do mm-hmm. the stretches with mm-hmm. them and say how important it is every day to be stretching, especially when you're in a very physical job. Of course. And we, we have a service called, we just generalize it by calling it the Speakers Bureau, but anybody can reach out to me. And mm-hmm. if they had a specific request, maybe it's diabetes related, diabetes yes. education, or um, maybe it is a mental health issue or OC health um, concern and they wanted somebody, I would just connect them to that, that entity. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So we will have to be sure to put that contact information in the notes for the episode. And yep. and uh, when I send all this announcement out, we'll put that in there so everybody can have okay. access. Perfect. Sounds fantastic. That's great. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I Thanks. think we're run- Are we running up on our hour, Cam? Eh, whatever. <laughs> I have no idea how much time. I, time is just this weird construct that I don't really understand, obviously. Um, it's no been clock. fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, there is no clock. Have you noticed See, that? I noticed that. You know, did you? Because I, I don't put a watch out or, a, you That's know, I don't even though. bother. But I can almost tell an hour anymore. It's yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. But this is fantastic. Sounds like CHI is fantastic. Thank you for employing my wife. If it, if that was one of your choices, I don't know. <laughs> no, she neither. Loves I wasn't it. in the interview, no. but well, she we're loves glad it. To have Absolutely. Her. Yeah. Thank you for ensuring my family. Yes, my you're boys welcome. Appreciate you're it. welcome. And the information and, and you know, what you're doing on the community. Anything we can do for you. you I just appreciate let us that. Know. Yeah. No, this yeah. is fantastic. <laughs> the information is great. The occupational health services are really critical. Everybody needs to be aligned with an occupational health provider to be able to get that information, get those services. So yes. this is terrific. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming. It, it, um, it's Friday. I hope everybody has a great weekend. I hope you had a good week. Yes. Um, it was hot here in Omaha this week and, um, we had a few of those high heat index days. I hope everyone is acclimatizing to the heat and getting their workers prepared right. for a hot summer. Right. Um, that's always a big issue occupationally. Especially so early on. Early in the year. It's a little early for this kind of heat. For 90-some degrees. I know. Yeah. I think on Tuesday, perhaps, Tuesday or Thursday, we were in the 90s. I've got a little app on my phone. I plug in the, the ambient temperature and the humidity, and it gives me the heat index. And we had some high heat indexes this yes. week. So yeah. I hope everybody's focusing on that. Make sure you're looking out for your employees. Otherwise, have a great weekend. I look forward to having you guys back in six months or a year, and you can tell me more about what's been going on if we open up some new clinics and things like that. So thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. A Huda Media Production.